This program is brought to you by the partners of A Root Awakening International. Help others find truth. Support A Root Awakening International today. The mark of the beast is going to look like the world's greatest gift to mankind. Could modern gene editing technology and the potential promise to be like God be the precursor to this deception? Dr. Doug Hamp explains how Satan's first lie in the Garden of Eden may well be the same lie in Revelation. Because it's the end of the sixth day, the sun is set, and this is Shabbat Night Live. Shabbat Shalom Torah fans, welcome to Shabbat Night Live with Michael Rood. Let me tell you something, the script has been flipped. Good is bad, bad is good. Who will recognize this strong delusion and who will be deceived? The biggest question there ever was. We've got what you need to know tonight with Dr. Douglas Hamp. He's gonna join us for episode three of The Strong Delusion. This is the human upgrade. Pay attention to this episode. Now, speaking of upgrades, did you get your new calendar yet? Let's take a look at the astronomically and agriculturally corrected biblical Hebrew calendar. There, you see it right there. We are on the second Shabbat of the second biblical month, and you can get this new calendar right now at arudawakening.tv slash calendar. Now, please welcome my co-host, the Chief Operating Officer of Arud Awakening International, Ted Clayton. Well, thank you, Scott. I am so glad to be here, and ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Shabbat Night Live. You know that the script has been flipped as we showed here, uh -huh, you know, yeah. bad is good, good is bad, what's going on in the world? This has been happening for a while now. Yes. We really need to be thinking of, okay, if it all hits the fan, as Michael Rood said, when the brimstone hits the fan, what you are we bet. going to do? You are well prepared, and so is your guest today. We are welcoming him back again this week. Well, thank you, Scott. I'm glad to be here. And ladies and gentlemen, we have such a wonderful guest, like Scott was saying. Don Goodrich is back with us again this week. Don, uh, my favorite rocket scientist, as I like to say, is here with us. Don, welcome back to Shabbat Night Live. Well, thank you, Ted, and hello, Scott. It's been good to be here. Well, listen, Don, I know that we had a very special announcement that we talked about last week that we wanted to make this week, and that special announcement is that we are going to be teaching a ham radio technician course. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, you have been asking about this for such a long time. Well, finally, our schedules have worked out to where Don and I can teach this class. Now, Don, talk to us about what is required uh, for this ham radio technician uh, class and what are we gonna be doing? Sure, so the class will roughly be four days, two hours each day. Uh, we'll start at 7 p.m. and work through the whole class. It's going to be based on the ARRL Ham Radio License Manual for Level 1 Technician. Fourth edition, that's very important, fourth edition. It's roughly $32. You can pick it up from Amron or most uh, bookstores or even from ARR itself, ARRL. Uh, there's also another book that's very useful that you had mentioned earlier on, the Gordon West 2018 to 2022 Technician Class Study Guide. Right. It's also about $23. Yes. Uh, you will need to get an FRN license from the FCC, but we'll talk about that later. And there are many free online practice exams so that in ahead of the exam, after we've taken the class, you can check yourself out for your accuracy with uh, regards to the exam. And those are all free. So the online exams you can take many times. Yes. The exam fee from ARRL is $15. The pool of questions is like 425 questions, and we'll go through all of them. Uh, there's only 35 on the exam. There's one or a couple from each section of the book that we will be reviewing. You can miss nine and still pass. So focus on the stuff that you know and come back to the missed ones a little bit later, or the ones that you don't feel so good about. But uh, just remember that it's an easy exam to take. The FCC license fee for pay after you pass the exam is $35 for the FCC technician license. 
And that's what we have at this moment. We'll have more to say when we fire up the class. Yes, indeed. And ladies and gentlemen, I want to stress once again that if I could do it, you certainly could do it. So we have uh, a lot of folks, even here at the Root Crew, I think, Scott, you were talking about the possibility of taking mm -hmm. it as yep, well. Very and, interesting. And our director here, uh, Keith, and our audio director, uh, Kenny, have uh, both uh, talked about taking it here as well. It will be a Zoom class, so you'll be taking it in the comfort of your home. Uh, we'll be on Zoom, and as Don said, it'll be from 7 to 9 p.m. for four days. It'll be Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And uh, listen, if you ever thought about wanting to have communication that was the most reliable, ham radio is it. Matter of fact, Scott, I have something to announce uh, during this show. Last month, uh, the shows that we did on Preparation Revelation were featured in the ARRL regional um, uh, video that we were actually featured in that for doing such a great job uh, talking about ham radio really? and preparedness. And that's uh, the licensing organization. That, well, it's not or the license. It's, it's the, the over governing body, wouldn't you say, uh, Don? Right. Wow. Yes. Yeah, ARRL is our governing body for ham radio. The FCC is actually, uh, or the Federal Communications Commission is the actual licensing body. Ah. But ladies and gentlemen, I'm here to tell you, with these times that we are in right now, it is great to be prepared. And as we like to say in the ham radio world, when all else fails, ham radio works. So mm. now is your time to take this wonderful class with uh, one of the best teachers I know, uh, Don Goodrich, uh, with this. So, Don, once again, thank you for being with us here on Shabbat Night Live, and we look forward to that ham radio class. Absolutely, my pleasure, and I look forward to it as well. Now, Scott, tell us when that class is going to be. Well, uh, you'll see the information on the bottom of your screen. That's where we're going to have it. Uh, so you can just sign up at that address right there, and uh, we'll put you in the uh, the pool of people who are going to be doing this, and we'll let you know uh, what's happening and when so that you don't miss it. And uh, we'll see you and Don there. That's and, right. And uh, look forward to getting licensed. You know what's ironic, Ted, is I have my uh, GMRS license. Yes. And that's twice the price of this thing, yet this thing's way more powerful. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and, and ladies and gentlemen, we need everybody that wants to take the course to sign up for the course because... Uh, if you sign up, then we know how many to expect mm, uh, right. to teach. So the more the merrier. We'd love to have you there with us. Sign up tomorrow. It's on the bottom of your screen right now. Sign up and let's start getting radioactive. Absolutely. Oh, I like that. Radioactive. There you okay, go. Very good. <laughs> <laughs> and who knows, that may be more pertinent in the future well, than we realize. But yeah, that's, anyhow, right. Uh, that's right. Now, speaking of the future, uh, the future of this ministry depends on funds, and I know you've spoken of uh, yes. giving in the summer. Yes. Uh, one other thing folks can do real quick is get our new love gift. It's a teaching by Bill Cloud. Yes. Uh, all of this here is part of the love gift, and we'll let the commercial do the teach, uh, do the talking about that. Yes. But I know you wanted to mention about uh, giving now so that we don't have a summer shortfall. Absolutely. Right? Ladies and gentlemen, now is the the time. Now is the time to give to a Root Awakening International. You know, during the summer, we lead, we lead active lives. And oftentimes, the, uh, the organizations that need your support the worst need it the most during the summer. Ladies and gentlemen, a Root Awakening International is no different. We need your sacrificial giving happening during the summertime because there are so many people out there doing other things right now that oftentimes we're just forgotten. And I understand that. We all lead, lead very busy lives. But ladies and gentlemen, we depend on you, and Michael certainly depends on you, for us to keep doing this ministry, to keep the gospel going to all the corners of the world. So would you please prayerfully consider giving now during this time of year to prevent, to not even have that summer shortfall. And we greatly appreciate it. I know Michael greatly appreciates it. And we couldn't possibly thank you enough for your giving at this time. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Ted. All right. The mark of the beast is going to look like the world's greatest gift to mankind. Could gene editing technology and the potential promise to be like God be the precursor to this deception. Well, Dr. Doug Hamp explains how Satan's first lie in the Garden of Eden may well be the same lie in Revelation. Now, go and get your bread and wine. Michael's up next with the Kiddush. 
In the book of the Revelation, we are warned against being lukewarm. But lukewarm is not a lack of being hot or cold. It's about being mixed. It's about having a Babylonian mindset. Let's be careful in this day and time not to allow ourselves to be conditioned by the Babylonian mindset that is going to offer what looks good, mm -hmm. makes sense, it might save my life, but if I'm seeking to save my life, I might lose it. The Babylonian Mindset with Bill Cloud is a sobering, poignant challenge for our times. But this exclusive teaching is not for sale, and it's not on YouTube. The only way to watch it is to receive it as a thank you gift from Michael Rood. Donate a $50 love gift and we'll send you The Babylonian Mindset with Bill Cloud on DVD or Blu-ray. Or for a donation of $100, we'll send you The Babylonian Mindset plus a Hebrew alphabet coffee mug featuring all Hebrew letters with their English equivalents and pronunciations. Or with a donation of $300, we'll send you the Babylonian Mindset, the Hebrew Alphabet coffee mug, plus a pair of candle holders made from olive wood from Israel, etched with the words Shabbat Shalom in Hebrew. These gifts are a limited time offer from Michael Rood to thank you for your support. Make your donation today and receive the $50 gift, the $100 gift, or the $300 gift. These special gift collections featuring Bill Cloud are available only in May, and supplies are limited. Call now to receive your gifts, 888-766-3610. That's 888-766-3610. Or get your gifts online at monthlylovegift.com. On the morning that the Passover lambs were selected, there were two loaves that were put on the wall of the temple. When the first one was removed, after that, no more leavened bread was eaten. When the second loaf was removed, then all of the leavened bread in the land of Israel was then burned, because the Feast of Unleavened Bread was going to commence at sunset that evening. The night before, Yeshua took Artos, he took leavened bread, and he blessed the Most High in the presence of his disciples, and he interpreted the Kadosh Mikra, the holy rehearsal that Melchizedek put in place with Abraham. Yeshua said the prayer of the Melech Zadik, Baruch atah Yehovah Eloheinu Melech HaAlam, Hamotzi Lechemim Haaretz. Blessed are you, O Lord our God, Yehovah, our God, King of the universe, who brings forth bread from the earth. And he said, this represents my body, which is now broken for you. As often as you do this, do this in remembrance of me. Then Yeshua took the cup and he said, Baruch Atah, Yehovah, Eloheinu Melech HaOlam, Borei Pri Hagafen. Blessed are you, Yehovah, our God, the King of the universe, creator of the fruit of the vine. And then he said, you take my cup, divide it among yourselves. I will not drink a sip of the fruit of the vine till I drink it with you in my Father's kingdom. So as often as we do this now, we rehearse not only his death, but we rehearse that we will be at the marriage supper of the lamb and at the marriage supper of the lamb, he will take his cup and say, Lahaim to life everlasting. And until then, Shabbat Shalom. I'd like to read you something from this book, an endorsement in fact. It says, I know from experience that those who think outside the box end up being correct more often than most people will give them credit for. Dr. Doug Hamp definitely looks or thinks outside the box, and I'm willing to listen to him on this one. That is my personal endorsement. My name is right there underneath it. 
of corrupting the image. And it truly is mind-blowing, as it says at the top of this uh, book. And Dr. Doug Hamm, welcome back to Shabbat Night Live. Thank you. We've had a couple of episodes already, and uh, that's why I wrote the, the endorsement for your book, is because I, I, I love what's in it. Uh, I don't fully understand it all. I'm going to have to read it over and over again. Sure. <laughs> but uh, I think it's great. And it, the subtitle to your book is Singularity, Superhumans, and the Second Coming of Jesus, or Yeshua. We've already talked about superhumans in the last couple of episodes. So singularity, uh, when I first saw that, I didn't know what singularity was. So could you explain what you mean by that word? Right, yeah. So singularity is a word that's really become popular because of transhumanists like uh, Ray Kurzweil, for example. They talk about how there's going to be a time where man and machine or man and technology are somehow going to merge together and essentially become one. Hmm. And we will become humanity 2.0. Right? And the date that they have for this is 2045, which is a really interesting date. Right? But they think that by <clears throat> 2045, we are going to achieve this next major evolution uh, in human progress. And um, the, there's various ways that they think that we might go about this, but somehow... You know, we're going to take our evolution by the horns and we're going we're gonna to evolve ourselves to the next level so that we become gods. That is basically oh. the goal. That's always a dangerous <laughs> It's always a dangerous thing. Okay, I want to I read a quote. This is from uh, a transhumanist, Mark Pesci. He says, once the genome was transcribed, once we knew what had made us human, we had in that moment passed into, the trans, into transhuman. Knowing our codes, we can recreate them in our so-called synthetic rows of ones and zeros. Now we will reach into the improbable, resequence ourselves into a new being, debugging the natural state, translating ourselves into supernatural, incorruptible, eternal. This, there is no God but man. Mm. Okay, and he goes on, he says, we seek something more, a transcendence of transience, translation into corruptible form. We seek, therefore, to bless ourselves with perfect knowledge and perfect will to become as gods, take the universe in hand and transform it in our image for our own delight as it is on earth, so it shall be in the heavens. Now, if that just isn't mm -hmm. blasphemous kind of talk right there, Gee. right? He's, I mean, he's obviously using biblical language to say we are going to become the gods we are going to make things in our image and it will be on earth as we deem it or it'll be in heaven as we deem it here on earth right and so you know it, it's really using that whole biblical language to say no no we're it okay so it's not that that they don't know where they're going but they really want to become gods and if you if you buy into the premise that we just happen to evolve somehow uh, as we talked about in previous shows, then it makes sense, right? It's like, well, why shouldn't we become gods? And quite frankly, if I could somehow take a pill or something like that and I could get super strong and let somebody else do my push-ups, or if I could <laughs> you know, somehow skip all the hard work and I could just have information in my brain, why not? If I could live forever, why not, right? I mean, this just makes sense, right? And but of course, we understand that there's, there's grave consequences with those things. But if you're looking at it from their perspective, that we evolved this far, you know, it took us millions of years to evolve to where we are. Who says we should stop evolving? That's the basic idea. Hmm. And so now with, with things like CRISPR-Cas9 technology, this is the, the super easy, super cheap gene editing um, systems that we have now. It, it's changing everything. And so... The things that were seemingly impossible years ago now are right there. They're already happening in many cases, right? And so, so that's what we have to understand. So we talked about why would want, people want to become upgraded? Well, if there's some kind of a, a worldwide global threat to human existence, now we have the reason why. Mm -hmm. Why would it be so imperative to become a god. And because you think if you don't, then humanity itself is going to be wiped out. So whose team are you on? It, well, exactly, yeah. right? And, you know, so I just want to stress that this isn't something that, you know, just because I believe in Bible prophecy and I'm some wacko and I'm coming up with this stuff. This is from very well-documented sources. So there's uh, a very popular professor out of the Hebrew University of Jerusalem, great school, by the way, happened to go there. Uh, <laughs> but uh, Yuval Noal Harari, uh, he's become very popular. He, he's for, sort of forecasting on what homo sapiens are going to do. He's a historian, 
but he's using his knowledge of history to kind of make projections into the future is essentially what he's doing. And so he says, I think it is likely in the next 200 years or so, Homo sapiens will upgrade themselves into some idea of a divine being, either through biological manipulation or genetic engineering or by the creation of cyborgs, part organic, part non-organic. It will be the greatest evolution in biology since the appearance of life will be as different from today's humans as chimps are from us. Many researchers believe that we have already started down the path towards a cyborg future. After all, many of us already rely on bionic ears and eyes, insulin pump technology and prosthetics to help us survive. And with researchers recently learning how to send people's thoughts across the web, subconsciously control bionic limbs and use liquid metal to heal severed nerves, it is not hard to imagine how we could continue to use technology to supplement our vulnerable human bodies further. Hmm. All right, so he's very mainstream, all right? So again, this isn't something that, just because we're into Bible prophecy and we're you know, uh, going out on a limb here, we're not going out on a limb at all. This is stuff that's happening, it's predicted, it's wanted, and it's, 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 it's very well funded, okay? I mean, there's people with lots of money who are funding this stuff. I mean, it just recently came out that Jeff Bezos, who happens to be the second richest person in the world currently, um, you know, when you, when you have 200 billion plus dollars, suddenly the, thing, the thought of dying suddenly becomes, well, that's not possible. Like, I, now that I've made all this money, I can't die, right? And so there's, there's this, this drive towards, how can I become a god? And so he's now, and I'm not saying he's necessarily trying that out, I don't know his motives, but, he is investing heavily in technology that would allow him to greatly extend his life. Hmm. And I think that's what people are going towards. And you know, I'm no different, right? I, I'm not looking forward to dying. I mean, being with Jesus, yes, but uh, you know, it's the process, right? <laughs> yeah. It's a little uncomfortable in between. You know, <laughs> it's getting there. I'm not excited about, right? <laughs> so, um, but here's the thing is that Chris, not just CRISPR-Cas9 technology, but all of gene editing, where is it leading us? So this is, um, <laughs> what's so incredible is that talking about weapons of mass destruction. So here's an amazing quote. When you think about weapons of mass destruction, nuclear bombs, chemical warfare probably come to mind. But in 2016, the then director of national intelligence, James Clapper, added another item to weapons of mass destruction list, gene editing. Whoa. Right? Okay. Gene editing. Okay, this is 2016, this is already dated, right? And you know, he, he's saying that this is pretty scary stuff, okay? So Clapper mentioned gene editing as a new global danger in his testimony to the Senate Armed Services Committee in addition to listing the technology as a potential weapon of mass destruction. Why? Gene editing could be used to genetically engineer bacteria or viruses to be used in biological attacks against humans, et cetera. I can't imagine such a thing. How could that ever happen? <laughs> I know, right, exactly. Yeah. Right. So, you know, again, when, when, we, when we understand that like, I am not against technology. I love technology, right? I want the latest gadgets. I want the cool stuff, right? And if I could do something to help, you know, maybe through supplements or whatever to live longer and live better, why not, okay? But again, it's a matter of who is controlling the ship, right? The, the captain can, can run us aground into rocks or he can drive us to safe harbor, right? So it takes one crazy madman to get behind these things and then to use it for something evil. And that's what I see the Bible is telling us, is that the beast, the antichrist, he is gonna be that madman. And because humanity sees an existential threat, they're gonna say, we'll take it, we'll do it, it's worth the risk, and we'll actually upgrade. Right, for the, for the greater good, as the saying goes, let's all band together, yep. let's do this, right. and everyone just go, goes blindly into something <laughs> like this. Gene editing, wow, yeah, it's, it's for the greater good, it's for our children, it's for our future. Exactly. We're not gonna survive if we don't do this. Right, right, so if you have the right incentive, you'll do almost anything, right? Right. And that's what I think, there has to be the right incentive to push people over the edge to do this. Hmm. So the, the technology is, is there, at least for the most part, I'm sure more advances are gonna be made in, in years to come. But we can already see the writing on the wall very clearly, right? That we are moving in this direction, people want to go in this direction, and I think with the right motivation, they would do it. 
Well, even you, you look at the, the most recent thing with the, with, the, with the pandemic. So people, they'll probably look back on this time and go, you know, if we had used gene editing to our advantage, we could have combated this whole thing and no one would have had to die. We should have done this a long time ago. Sure. Yeah. You know, like you said in a previous episode, fight fire with fire. Exactly. If they're going to throw gene editing at us, well, we're going to do it first so we can defend ourselves. Exactly. Right. And and though I don't, just to be clear, I don't think the vaccine is the mark. Oh, I don't mean that. I'm, I'm talking <laughs> no, about the. You know, I understand. People have people have made that claim. Viruses in general. I don't. Yeah. I don't think that. But but could these processes be used to create something later, perhaps? Right. Mm-hmm. But but you know the point is that um, we have the technology uh, that is really taking us there uh, in such incredible ways. And you know people are already talking about how you know. They want to upgrade themselves. Some people want to be done with sicknesses, and I completely support that. And I think if we can use technology to overcome sickness and disease, great. If we can improve people's quality of life, great. But it's not going to stop there. That's what we have to understand. It's not just fixing problems, but now it'll be, let's augment while we're at it. You know, why don't we take on immortality? Let's have angelic-like bodies, disease-free, super intelligence, limitless power. These are things that God has already promised us when we get our new bodies. But what if you could have all that stuff without God? Well, no, that sounds like a winning equation for some people, right? Mm-hmm. But we know that it will come at a tremendous cost, right? And it won't be a full disclosure of what this will actually cost you. But as we talked about before, what's it going to cost? There's going to be a covenant with death and shale, and people are not going to realize mm-hmm. what they're actually doing. So, so people are going to take this, they're going to take this mark, but how is that going to work? That's a good question, because everybody, there's all kinds of theories and suspicions about what it is. Like you said, some people think that the uh, the, the COVID vaccine was the mark. Well, right. obviously that's not it. Right. Maybe maybe conditioning to right. to accept such a thing in the future. But yeah, so how will this thing work then? I mean, what do you see it as? Well, so first of all, the Bible tells us that in Revelation 14, it says, if anyone worships the beast and his image and receives his mark, on his forehead or on his hand. If they do that, then it's bad news for them. Right. Okay. So there's three things that are happening there, right? They're worshiping the beast and the image and receiving the mark. Okay. So there's basically God has put a safeguard in here. Mm-hmm. All right. So we've been talking about taking on some kind of a genetic transformation, right? So the beast is going to, he's going to be the first to get this, this superhuman body. And then he's going to take his DNA and he's going to replicate it and make it available for the world, hmm. right? And what's incredible with DNA printers, you don't need to like actually go and distribute it to everybody. You just need to put it into a computer, email it to people, or email it to maybe centers around the world. They can then print it using their DNA printers hmm. and then make it available. And maybe by the time all this happens, everybody will have a DNA printer. I don't know. Right, but it, and it could be something you could self-administer. I'm not sure, but here's the thing: there's kind of this fear of well, what if people make me take the mark of the beast and I don't want to take it. Well, the Bible tells us that's not even possible, because for this transformation to take and for it to to last and to damn you to a bad place, what has to happen? You've got to worship the beast, worship his image, and take the mark. So there's three mm. things there, right? So <clears throat> when you look at a look at a cell. There are these receptors on the outside of a cell. Mm-hmm. And the receptors are kind of like little antenna, right? And they're, they're scanning, whether electrical or chemical signals, they're scanning for, hey, are times good or are times bad? Right? So if a zebra is being chased by a lion, the cells are like, uh-oh, times are bad. You know? <laughs> so what happens is like, they close up the cell, and then there can be no more communication between the cell and the outside of the cell, or there's no more nutrients that can come in to that cell. Right, so for a time, for a short period, the cell is now beginning to atrophy. It's beginning to, you know, eat itself up because, because uh, there's a lion chasing us, right? So we can't do normal operations. But hey, you know, you get away 20 minutes later, cell opens back up because there's no more lion, and we're all happy. Right, this is our fight or flight. This is the fight or flight, exactly. So let's say that, you know, somebody wants to demand and force you to take the mark of the beast, take this genetic upgrade. You're like, I don't want it. I don't want it. Guess what? You're not actually worshiping it. Because to worship it means, what are you doing when you worship? You're like, I agree. Uh, I'm endorsing this. Mm -hmm. I'm saying yes. And I want it. Give it to me. Right? When we worship God, we're saying, I love you, God. I like you. I think you're awesome. And we're completely endorsing the whole idea of God. 
So in order to worship the beast, you're like, yes, sign me up, please. But if you're saying, I don't want this, I'm not going to worship this guy, then even if somebody were to give you a shot against your will, it would not take because the cell, uh, the cell doors essentially would close and not let any kind of foreign substance to come in because you don't want it. Hmm. So this is really a safety mechanism that nobody can force you to take this thing against your will. Interesting. All right. So, so that is really significant to understand that you have to, in a sense, pledge your allegiance. When you're worshiping the beast, you're pledging allegiance to the beast. Um, and if you're not willing to do that, then there's not a danger for you. Mm. Now, can you be tricked into it? That's the other thing people worry about. Not, well, other than being forced, can you be tricked? Well, I think you could, be, you could certainly be deceived, yes. And that's why it's called a strong delusion, mm. right? But I don't think you can be just like, hey, look at that, and then you suddenly give it to them, <laughs> right? But there's probably an ongoing process of, I want to be tricked, okay? Tell me sweet little lies, the ones that I want to hear, mm. right? I think that's the basic idea. So closing your spiritual eyes, yes. then you'll be tricked. People but gotta keep a, your eyes open. People always have an opportunity to choose what is right. But if you start making that a lifestyle choice where you continually are denying the truth, mm. then by the time you get to this, this last thing, well, you know, <laughs> you kept wanting that, right? You, you wanted to be sold, and so you were sold. And, and so that's, that's where it takes us, mm. yeah. So, and then the other thing is, is the mark itself, right? So there's, there's two different things that are going on. First of all, there's the mark of the beast, the 666, right? So I had a, a guy on my show some years ago uh, on, my, on my YouTube channel where uh, his name was Tyler. He came in and he was a PhD student in pharmacology. And he was telling me how he was looking at the atomic mass unit of, uh, of carbon and he discovered, which we all have, right? Mm -hmm. And he discovered that the atomic mass unit of that, or actually of a, of a single DNA strand, I hope I get it right, was 666 atomic mass units, mm. okay? So I was like, well, that's kind of interesting, right? <laughs> so, you know, it could be that the, the, the number itself is not a unique number to a particular man. But of man. But of man. I get right? it. Yep. And the Greek supports both of those those renderings, hmm. right? So it's, it's the number of man, not just a particular man. And I was like, wow, that's really interesting when you start thinking in, in that context. Because people have been looking at this, they've said, well, maybe it's Nero, and they kind of take the whole gematria, where right. you take every letter is worth a number, and you're trying to figure it out. But I, th I think that leads to incessant obsession of maybe it's this guy, maybe it's that guy, or maybe it's this woman or whoever, and you're, you're taking their name and trying to decode it. Right. First you gotta back translate it into Hebrew somehow and then, then try to figure it out. But you always get really sketchy kind of stuff. Even with Nero, they had to, you know, say, Neron Kesar, right? So they had to elongate his name in order to come up with 666 hmm. in that case. Right, um, and it just didn't work out. So this has been happening ever since Nero, because oh, yeah. people say Klaus Schwab or Prince Charles right. or all these things in today's right, society. Right, because they're doing this based on the idea of gematria, mm. right? A letter equals a number, right. and so therefore you're figuring out well who it is. So you just have to figure out the person that you like the least or who you think is the boogeyman, <laughs> yeah. and just say, well, this guy must be it, and I'm gonna somehow make his name fit into this paradigm. Mm. And I think it's the wrong paradigm altogether. And then the other thing to consider would be, what about that mark on the forehead or on the hand? So, hold that thought. Okay. Hold that thought. We're gonna come back. That, that's a good cliffhanger right there. We're gonna, <laughs> we're gonna hang on that cliff. We're gonna come back in just a minute. We're gonna talk about the mark of the beast, how it literally looks on the body, or does it look on the, you're gonna have to stay tuned, okay? So you're just gonna have to stay tuned. So first of all, we want you to get this book so you can follow along with us. This is Corrupting the Image, part three by Dr. Douglas Hamp. You can get it at douglashamp.com. You can get the PDF there, or you can get the hard copy, like we have on Amazon. Just search Corrupting the Image 3. So we want to thank you in advance for supporting Doug's ministry, and we want to thank you in advance for supporting this ministry. We're going to give you a couple of minutes to do that. You're only seeing that because other people have donated. Now it's your turn to see to make sure that others see it in the future. Thank you. Hey, thank you for your support of Shabbat Night Live and of Corrupting the Image Part 3 by Dr. Douglas Hamp. Before the break, we are talking about the mark of the beast. People always ask me, Dr. Doug, is it spiritual or is it physical? And I say, yes. <laughs> what do you say? <laughs> exactly, it, it, it is both. But there is going to be something on the forehead or on the hand. 
I think we would really be translating poorly or interpreting poorly if we just said, oh, it doesn't mean that. You almost, you almost have to, right? I you mean, almost have to. And, you know, we actually have kind of a, I just want to put this in the right context, but we have a, a positive spin on that, right? And, you know, so a lot of our Jewish friends, they actually believe in putting on tefillin, right? So they put on this little box on their head mm-hmm. and they, they wrap their arm. Now, I'm not endorsing that and saying we should do that, but I understand what they're saying. Because they want it to be in their minds and they want it to be on their hands. So the physical action of it helps them remember. It helps them remember. Yeah. Right, right. So, so that's kind of that the whole spiritual idea. Remember that Satan is always counterfeiting something that God is already doing, right? Mm-hmm. So we see, this, we see this back in the book of uh, Ezekiel where an angel was supposed to go out and he was supposed to mark those who were for God. Yes. Right? And then they were the ones that did not receive the plague that happened, right? So... In the case of what Satan is doing, this the word that's used in, in the Greek is the word charagma, which is some kind of, well, mark, right? It could be like a snake bite, right? That, that's a mark. It's leaving something that's very visible, right? And, and the closest thing that I could come up with to understand this is, you know, a number of years ago, people got the polio vaccine, right? And so they, they took the shot in the arm. And then not long after that, a little scar showed up. Right, because of that. Now they did not get the vaccine um, in order to get the scar, but the scar was a byproduct of what they believed were, they were doing for good reasons. Okay. okay, so that little scar, I think, is going to be very similar. That after people undergo this transformation, there's going to be some kind of a visible mark that appears either on the forehead mm. or on the hand. So again, you're not getting that. Um, like the whole mark of the beast is not, the point isn't to have that, but that's a byproduct right. of what you're undergoing. So you're not going to say, give me the mark of the beast, give me the tattoo. It's just going to happen. Right, exactly. As a result, oh, gotcha. Okay. It, exactly, it, it's just something that's gonna show up. And probably initially be like, well, what's that? But then as people continue to get that, everybody's getting it. <laughs> and then it'll be very easy to distinguish who has not taken this, this uh, transformation. Like, well, I can see that you haven't gotten it because you don't have that little thing on your forehead. And it almost becomes a, a badge of honor. Like, well, I've got it. Why don't you have it? Right Now, let's start thinking about all of the uh, surveillance software. How hard would it be to put a couple lines of code in to say, if we don't see this on your forehead or on your hand, mm-hmm. you can't come into this establishment? Exactly. Well, it's it's, it's like uh, Bush said uh, a while ago, way back in 2008, I think, or 2007. Uh, oh, 2001, right when the terrorist attacks happened at the World Trade Centers. He made a statement that says, if you're not with us, you are against us. Mm-hmm. And that's what it's going to be, isn't it? Where is your right. mark? Right. Are you with us or against us? Right. And again, when you think about the terror that people lived through for 42 months with the two witnesses who were trying to destroy the world and thankfully we got rid of those guys, but now you're, you're not willing to take the mark to upgrade because we know that their army's gonna come back. You're not gonna fight with us? Yeah. Oh, so you're with them. Yeah, you're on their side, you're the enemy. You're a traitor, All mm. right? You know, you've got 90 days to correct that or, you know, yeah. that's a problem, right? So we have to understand that this is a progression. Mm. It's not just that people get the mark so they can, uh, you know, check out faster in Walmart or something, right? <laughs> right. It just has nothing to do with that. Right? Though I remember years ago, people were like, oh, it's the barcode or it's the implantation of some RFID chip. But look, you can take off a barcode if you have one tattooed to your head. You could, you could remove that. You can take out an RFID chip as people think it's that. It has nothing to do with those things. This is something that is going to change you fundamentally from the inside out. And the reason that God warns against it, he has an angel flying around in heaven saying, don't take the mark, is because it changes you at at the most fundamental level of who you are. (laughs) And the reason I called my book Corrupting the Image is because we're created in God's image. And if Satan can implant his DNA into us, then you're no longer in God's image. And if you're no longer in God's image, you're no longer redeemable. Hmm. That's what's so scary. You're no longer redeemable, right? And that's why there's such an incredible warning. Do not take the mark of the beast. The people that take it, they're gonna receive the fullness of God's wrath. So there's all these warnings, do not take this thing. And it can't just be putting in an RFID chip because I can take it out. Right. If it's that bad, 
you know. Um, so, so it's something that's far, far more dangerous than that. And as we were mentioning off camera, uh, when we were getting set up here, we brought out the uh, scenario of if you have altered DNA, are you really human? Right. And then what happens to, I mean, theoretically, if worldwide governments have you know, uh, human rights, are you human? Do you have those rights? Could you be denied those rights if everybody else upgrades and the world goes, well, this is the new normal. This is the new, if right. you are only human if you are an upgraded human. Otherwise, right. no, you don't have those human rights because you're not with us. Well, and we, we've seen this in, in every repressive uh, regime, right? Uh, oppressive regime, they, they start making the people they don't like are less than human. Right, we saw this, of course, with the Nazis. Yeah, yeah. with the Nazis, mm -hmm. incredibly well. Uh, but, but every oppressive regime has done this, right? The Romans considered a non-Roman not human, right. right? The Nazis thought that anybody less than Nazi was not really human, especially the Jews, unfortunately. Okay, and so if you actually have now an upgrade where you're saying now this is the new standard of what human is, anybody who's not up to this new standard is well not human. Totally perceivable. <laughs> That's <Yeah>. really bad. <laughs> yeah. You can see how that goes, though. I mean, if, oh, yeah. unless you've had your, your head in the sand for the last couple of years and seen the progression of things happening that no one thought could happen. Right. You, I mean, you'd be a fool to think that this kind of thing could not happen. Absolutely. But, but wait, there's more. Okay. Oh, okay. As the commercial goes. <laughs> as the commercial goes. But wait, there's more. Okay. So what about the whole image of the beast thing? Okay. Because you have to worship the beast, the image of the beast... And you have to take the mark, right? So there's these three things. So what is this image of the beast? I believe that the image of the beast is actually going to be something equivalent to the Borg in Star Trek, okay? Okay. The yep. hive mind, right? So basically, we're going to be operating as one gigantic brain. We're all going to be linked together. Sounds like science fiction, but it's not, right? It's They're not. already working on this stuff, okay? Um, I mean, it, it's coming so quickly. Uh, you know, that's what's so amazing. So think about this, right? It's great if you could upgrade your body. You now have super strength. You have super ability. You have longevity of life. But what about the thinker? What about the computer, right? Do I get to upgrade that? How cool would it be to have Google in my brain? I mean, that'd be amazing, right? If I could have access and just information, kind of like the Matrix, right? Mm -hmm. Neo's like, I know Kung Fu, right? I mean, I would download the Bible. I would download all kinds of stuff, right? It, it sounds like it'd really be great. But, you know, and, and it probably would be, right? But here's the thing is that uh, researchers are already working on brain, brain communication, right? You know that uh, Elon Musk is talking about Neuralink, right? So basically drilling a little hole in your brain, inserting uh, this little really thin uh, membrane thing that would go on your brain, and then it would give you connectivity to the internet. Yeah. Right? So he's already working on this. This, again, isn't science fiction. This is stuff that's already <clears throat> not far away. They've already done it with chimps so that chimps could then control some kind of a computer um, and do various things. So it's already happening. Like, wow. that's what's so significant. Elon Musk, you know, I like him, I don't like him. I like him, I don't like him. I like his cars, I don't like his ideas. I well, know. you know, like I said, I'm not against technology, <laughs> right? And so if you have somebody who's a, let's say, a quadriplegic, and you could do this, and you could then give them, let them regain their dignity by, by being able to have motor function, that would be great. I'm all for that. Sure. I'm not saying that that's a bad thing. What I'm saying is something that can be used for good can also be used for evil. That's the thing, right? Because if you have now something on your brain, who's controlling the software? Who is behind hmm. that, right? And as long as they're good people and they're trying to really help humanity, great. But what if you get a you know, mad scientist who goes rogue and does something that he shouldn't be doing? Then what, right? If they start hacking your brain, then you're in trouble, right? Because that's, yep. that's like you. These are supposed to be private, these thoughts in here. But they're talking about creating a hive mind. So let's think about a hive. Let's think about a beehive, right? So a beehive is really a super organism. The, the hive is greater than the individual bees. And there's not one particular node. It's not like the queen bee, like she's back there making all the decisions, right? She's just laying eggs. That's, that's her job. But the hive operates on a collective whole. And that's what people are talking about. They're even speculating, what would it be like if we could... Uh, you know, bring all of this stuff 
together. Um, and so uh, a, a certain website, Fathers for Life, back in 2002, <laughs> they wrote this, but they wrote, not only will the hive mind have been brought to life by the end of this century, but it will also offer the lure of immortality, enhanced body functions and vastly improved brain power for all those who join it, giving them virtually instantaneous communication with one another and making them potentially unimaginably powerful. That's what makes us human and what comprises mankind. Individual personalities will then no longer exist. This sounds a lot, correct me if I'm wrong, but this sounds a lot like the Tower of Babel. Yes. Well, there was one language. Yes. Let, let us make ourselves up to the sky. Let us make ourselves like God. And what did God do? Right. Mm. Exactly. Exactly. So the, the, I, I would propose that the image of the beast is not a particular icon or, or idol over somewhere, but it's a collective whole. Mm. Right? So now... And, and, but unfortunately, what we know from Scripture is that it's not going to be just us all getting along and existing in this wonderful utopia of mind connectedness, but there will be somebody at the top. The somebody at the top will be the beast or Satan, who are the, the merger that we talked about, Yes. right? So, <laughs> so when you start thinking about this, right, you get the ultimate upgrade in your body and you get the ultimate upgrade in your brain. Wow, that sounds really a, a wonderful. However, it'll probably be, you know, all, you know, lollipops and, and, and uh, you know, <laughs> and uh, uh, rainbows and unicorns for a couple of days, right? But then pretty soon, it'll be like, well, who's that other voice in my head telling me what to do, hmm. right? And that will be Satan who is then imposing his will upon everybody who's become part of this, right? And this is where it says in Revelation chapter 9, that those who took, well, it doesn't say those took the mark, but it says that those in those days, they will seek death, but it will flee from them. Why, how could that possibly be? I mean, it's a terrible statistic, but it's unfortunately true that people commit suicide every day, okay? You know, there's suicide hotlines and all this stuff. We're trying to prevent it, but people successfully kill themselves every day. So why would there be a time when people cannot successfully kill themselves? Hmm. I mean, unless... They just can't kill themselves. In other words, they've they've How can become that be quite impossible. I they've mean. become immortal. If they've become immortal, right? And that was the whole point: is to become immortal and to take on the mark of the beast, hmm. to take on this image of Satan, so that you have superpowers, you have super ability, and you have immortality or a form thereof. Well, then that sounds sounds like a great deal. But they're going to wake up and they're going to say, "Wait a second, I don't want this." I want to check out, especially if now they're even being controlled in their brains. Look, Satan's not going to just upgrade everybody for free, right? Everybody can become a, a superhuman. No, he wants to enslave us. And this is what is really incredible is that God also wants us to be one, but he doesn't want us to be uniform. He wants us to be in unity, mm. right? Uniform versus unity. Right. Very important distinction. It's a huge difference. Right? Satan just wants drones, and he's the top dog calling the shots. It's his brain that's controlling everything. Whereas the, the relationship we have with God is, yes, he's, he's the top dude, and yeah, he's calling the shots, but he's not going against my free individual will. He's simply encouraging me to come be like me, and you're going to discover it's so much better. But you have to freely choose hmm. with God. And so I, I have to choose daily to align myself with God or to not. But if you get this, this upgrade of taking the, the DNA package and then having your brain become part of the hive mind, well, you've now signed over your authority to somebody else. You've given that away. Mm. And now he controls you. And this is why it says if anyone takes the mark, worships the beast, worships the image, and takes the mark, then he will receive the fullness of God's wrath because now there's no way out. And these people are going to suffer, right? Um, and, and But again, it's all in, in the idea of, um, of progress and all this different stuff, you know? So it's it sounds like a great idea to put it all into one package, but it's not going to work out really well. And, uh, and I, I suspect based on the language of what we see in Revelation chapter 9, that people are gonna try to kill themselves in some unsavory kind of ways. They might jump in front of trains, they might you know, do all kinds of stuff, but, but they're not gonna die, 
Mm-hmm. And, and what do we call people that are dead but not dead? We call those... Zombies? Zombies, right? What? You're talking about zombies? <laughs> yeah. So, There's zombies in the Bible. What? Well, okay, I guess. Well, well, tell us about this. What? If, you, if you're the undead, right? Yeah. If you have okay. now become immortal, but you don't want to live, and you've tried to do yourself in, but it doesn't work, and now you wish you were dead. Right. right. So we're not talking about zombies like in the Michael Jackson thriller video. We're talking about zombies that just have the blinders on, cannot right. think for themselves, right. and are just essentially human robots. They become essentially human robots, but very, very powerful human robots. Right. And so they're going to be of one mind, and Satan is now going to direct them to fight against Jesus when he comes back. Right. We see that all nations are going to come against Jerusalem. All nations are going to fight against the Lamb. Right. right, we see this. Right, that mm-hmm. that is the stated goal. Right now, again, maybe mm-hmm. people aren't thinking I'm going to go fight against Jesus, but that's the Bible's giving us the bottom line. Like this is what these guys are up to. Right, and Satan is the one who will be controlling that through the beast avatar thing that we've been talking about, and then through these other mechanisms. Right, so it could be partly technological, partly spiritual. Right? I don't know if what will begin maybe as a technological thing mm-hmm. where we have some kind of implant, but then it becomes very much a spiritual thing. Right? And I think, the, I think the spiritual will far surpass anything that our technology can do. So that we all, when, when people, I'm not going <laughs> to, but when people uh, sign up for this thing, they're essentially, re- they're opening the gates and saying, yes, please take over my mind because I want all the supposed benefits that I'm going to get to become part of the hive mind. Mm-hmm. Makes sense on paper, but it's gonna be a bad reality. So this is like the same thing as people, uh, like you said, use the phrase opening up. So this is like someone opening themselves up to a spiritual realm of which they have no business being in when they're right. playing with a Ouija board, for example, right? right? Or, or right. doing psychedelic drugs right. and opening themselves up. And uh, when people have a really bad trip, you know, it's yeah. probably just a spiritual thing they encounter that they never wanna go back to. Right, but the trouble is there's no there's no escape clause in this one. Hmm. You can't call for help after this, hmm. right? You can't hope that somebody will come and, and cast out that demon. It, it's over, right? And this is why when, when Adam and Eve had eaten of the forbidden fruit, God said, look, man has now become like one of us, right? Because he, he understood now the difference between good and evil, right? So that wasn't the problem. God knows the difference between good and evil, but he doesn't encourage evil, right? And so Adam needed to learn. He could have said, no, I'm not going to eat of this fruit. And he would have had the same thing of knowing, understanding the difference between good and evil. However, he obviously chose the bad option. And then what did God say? Now, lest man stretch out his hand, take of the tree of life and live forever. Mm. Why was that such a big deal? Because if Adam had reached out, taken from the tree of life and eaten of that fruit, he would have lived forever. Why is that such a bad thing, right? Don't we all want to live forever? Aren't we promised we're going to live forever? Yes, but not in a fallen state. Mm. So if Adam had eaten of that, he would have lived forever in a fallen, corrupted, degenerate state. Mm. And that's what we're talking about, is that these zombies, as we're calling them, they're going to now have immortal bodies, but in a fallen, degenerate, terrible state. And that's going to be... Pretty bad. <laughs> All right. Well, let's leave it there. We're, we have more to talk about. So let's talk on the next episode. All right. So Dr. Douglas Hamp, thank you for joining us. Thank you for joining us. There's more to the story. Join us next week on Shabbat Night Live. Until then, Shavua Tov. Have a good week. We'll see you then. 